0: three ball count of no one on and Manoa stepped off so it was kind of a good learning experience for him and Kirky where you know in a perfect world catchers calling time and making a mound visit so again spring I'm glad they're calling it now so they you know it won't happen again in the season Um, there's still some probably a little bit of misunderstanding between a disengagement and a mound visit with nobody on if he just steps off it's fine but with nobody on it's going to be a ball.
1: That was Blue Jays manager John Schneider and Kevin Barker after yesterday's 16-3 win over the Boston Red Sox in Dunedin. Uh, It was the first start behind the plate for Alejandro Kirk, who was late arriving to camp because of the birth of uh, his first child. Uh, His first start, of course, it's going to be with Alec Manoa on the mound. I think it was Nico Goodrum was at the plate. There was a 3-1 count on him. Of course, we know the pitch clock is in play right now. Uh, and, and essentially what happened, Kevin, is Alec Manoa stepped off the mound. There was nobody in first base, and he stepped off the mound thinking it would reset the clock. He was kind of having a uh, was having an issue getting in the same page with, uh, with Alejandro Kirk. Uh, but since there's no base runner, according to baseball's new rules, uh, it didn't count as a disengagement. Instead, it was ruled a violation of the pitch clock. Uh, Goodrum was given a ball. And went to first base with the walk, and as you heard John Schneider say, uh, you know the uh, in, in a perfect world Alejandro Kirk would have called timeout and made a made a mound visit. And I love, you know, afterwards it was kind of funny Kevin hearing Alec Manoa saying, "Look, um, I've made three starts, and I'm still trying to figure this out, so it's kind of hard to expect Kirky to 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 have all the nuances down uh, in in his first start, but." Uh, it it really does reinforce, doesn't it? The um, just how important I think it 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 was, and how important it it is that Alejandro Kirk is in camp right now. Um, you know, there was a, there was a possibility that Alejandro Kirk was going to go to play in the World Baseball Classic with uh, with Mexico, where the rules aren't in place. And I mean, I hate to think about what would have happened if he'd gone right from being at home in L.A. to Mexico without at least at least catching a couple of games for the Blue Jays.
0: Yes, yeah, it's huge. Like like the the relationship back and forth between the catcher and the pitcher is a big deal. And you know these guys that mean a lot to these organizations and these teams. That you know the guy standing on the mound is having to think about it, right? Alec Manoa is a big man, right? It's it's keep it's staying connected. It's getting it out front. It's having the same release point. You can tell yesterday he was he was fighting it like that. Especially that second inning, there was a lot of thought going into how do you get it out front. You know, don't overthrow this slider. Make sure you finish it. You finish it, it's going to go and and move the way I want it to move. And that relationship, sometimes you need to catch her just to be the, the big boy in the room and be aware of all of this and call timeout run out there. And again, this is a work in progress. You know, it's not going to be perfect, uh, but you want to get it all out of the way, especially the bad stuff. I just like way Snyder said that, you know, explained it to Mm -hmm. where the normal person like myself can understand it and, you know, just the, the little thing of if nobody's on base, you can't step off the rubber. You need to catch it or run out there and call timeout. That, that's a, that's a big deal. Sounds simple, but that's why you have spring training, especially with new rules. You want this to all be worked out. So, you know, in a key moment, a big spot, big spot for Alec Manoa, Jeff could be early in the game, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. the, it's all the big, cause again, I don't want to state the obvious, but he is a big man and to keep that connected. He talks about this all the time. It's, it's, Connected as he can be means he can repeat delivery and release it the same spot over and over and over again, which that allows him to, you know, stay in the lane, have the sinker move where he wants to move, have the elevated four seamer go where he wants to, to go, not to be non competitive. That was the whole point. You saw some yesterday. He's trying to choke off the slider, trying to overthrow it, trying to make it move because he's just not connected enough. And. I just like the way John Snyder said, you ain't going to see it again. Like the championship teams, it happened once. Even in spring training, my dudes, it ain't going to happen again. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that they're saying, okay, got you one mulligan. You ain't going to get no more and I understand spring training, and even John said the further we listen to that conversation <laughs> that you know it's it's getting to where once you have about three starts now it's about you're refining that and you're you're hitting the ground running, and now you're on the same page, and you're you know you're efficient you're doing it in three pitches you're eliminating batters early, you're doing things that elite guys are supposed to be doing, and it's kind of fun to listen to the, those kind of back and forth Kevin, what do you think is?
1: In a normal spring. Uh, for I mean, let's just let's pretend for a moment that Alejandro Kirk had shown up on time, that it, there was no WBC, that everything was normal. What what is more important for a catcher in spring training? Getting his getting the work in on a swing or getting on the same page and learning his pitchers? What do you think is the most important thing?
0: Well, again, I, I, I think okay, it's just like Chris Bassett and and Danny Jansen that that's a big deal. Like the that seems like that back and forth is is key. Just lanes. So and, a new relationship is important. Right? No, no question. Right. Like the Alejandro Kirk, you would think with with Alec Manoa, like you, you sort of know what it looks like, what it's supposed to look like when he's good, when it's bad. You sort of know how to fix it quicker, right? You you get out of it sooner, so you don't go up a, a ton of runs, and you can help your team and. You know, know, I I think the Kirky thing with his offensive side – I th- for, Just for me, anyway, he looks like he's mastered mechanical things that needs to happen to get it in the zone and keep it in the zone a long time so he can stay in the big part of the field and just barrels finding baseball. That doesn't seem like he's going to need a ton of that, right? He's going to refine it, and he'll keep it where it needs to be and go to the cage and do all the little things that it takes to make him the best hitter he could possibly be. Now it's just refining everything that goes into who he has to catch and, and putting the right fingers. Fingers down and doing it quick enough, and putting, pushing the right button, and just all the things that it takes now in 2023 to be a good catcher and have that good relationship back and forth, and keep a good flow. Flow's key now, Jeff. Right? It's it's how soon can I get it to the pitcher, so the pitcher doesn't worry about what I want to, what he needs to throw, and who he needs to throw it to, and how much he needs to throw this, so he's not giving things away. There's a lot goes into this. Now you add in the mix that that clock and. Uh, Kirk, he's a smart dude. Danny Chance is a really smart guy. They, they get it. They, they understand it. I just like, we haven't heard this in a while where there, there's some urgency, man. Like I, the coaches that I've talked to, there's pressure on these people to, to get off to a hot start. There's expectations in this camp and they want perfection. And I just like the way John said that. Okay. You got you your know? mulligan. You ain't going to see it again. And. It's again. It's it's kind of cool to listen to a championship team because that's what they're preaching here. But I've seen it. I've heard it. I'm listening to it. I'm watching it. It's a championship thought every single day.
1: And and there's a couple of things that work there. First of all, uh, or a couple of things that work there. One, the way the season ended last year was a sloppy ending.
0: Absolutely,
2: that was not a good. That was not a good ending.
1: You know, if Seattle had beaten you four three or whatever, you know, yeah, it wouldn't have been. It's a loss is a loss is a loss. But that game ended. That was just a you-know-what show, the way that game ended, let's say uh, that. And the second thing is this is John Schneider's first year as manager, first full year as manager. So, yeah, there is is understandably a different, I think, a different sort of uh, a different level of expectation for this team than there was even last year. And you're right. I mean, look, there there was pressure in this team last year. They had to go to the playoffs. I mean, Mark Shapiro could not have been any clearer. They had to go to the playoffs last year. It's as simple as that. Well, they did that, but that's a different type of pressure than this. Oh, and by the way, ownership's also ponied up to the point where you are now a luxury tax team. So there, I mean, there's no, we could sit here and say that, hey, this is a flawed team. The bullpen's probably not where we'd like it to be and you know you're counting on the 9 million dollar man or whatever he is to be your cleanup hitter i mean this you know there are some there are some flaws in this team uh for a team that has championship aspirations but beyond that i mean it's it's hard not to look at this team and say it's there have there is there have not been expectations like this in this team uh for a long time going back yeah, to, you, well, to 2016 maybe
0: well you talk about the first four guys your rotation you know trying to give you somewhere in that range of 730 innings that's a lot of innings but the expectations are there and and Pete Walker I know I've had conversations with him they're holding those guys accountable they're expecting that they're not wanting it they're expecting that because they think they can give it to them and the first three guys in that lineup Jeff is there better mm-hmm. that, that sort of I think is what they're trying to hang their hat on it's going to hide the woes that they, that they do have and obviously they have a better defense in the outfield which is going to help you know where your guys are not punching people out because you don't have that kind of bullpen you don't really have that kind of rotation occasionally you got a guy that can grip it a little tighter and get you a punch out but for the most part balls are going to be put in play you're going to need a good defense so yeah I think they got what it takes to get them to the playoffs It's just the question is, uh, do they have enough to get them where they ultimately want to really end up?
1: The uh, Jays will play the Yankees. It's a night game in Tampa. It's not on TV. It's on Sportsnet 590. The fan Uh, at uh, 635 is the first pitch. Garrett Cole will be on the mound for the New York Yankees. Drew Hutchison gets another start for the Blue Jays. Pretty good lineup for the Blue Jays. Night game on the road against the Yankees. Uh, Springer, Varsho, Chapman, Biggio, Jansen, Kiermaier, Espinal, Brantley, and Nunez uh, making the trip across the, uh, across the causeway to take on the Yankees at George M. Steinbrenner Field. Uh, again, bringing it back to yesterday, they beat the Red Sox 16-3. Alejandro Kirk, one for one with a couple of runs scored. Manoa, three and a third innings, two hits, three earned runs, five strikeouts, four walks. He was taken out of the game and re-entered the game. A spring training rule that uh, I'm I'm really I'm a huge fan of Uh, came came back in the game Uh, and and Kevin I mean Bo Bichette uh, two for four a 453 foot home run uh, two home runs I should say a 453 foot home run this Bo Bichette has had. Bo Bichette has had a really good spring now. His defense hasn't necessarily been under the spotlight yet, and that's something obviously the focus is always on Bo with his defense. But in terms of his hitting, this is what John Schneider had to say about Bo Bichette after yesterday's game.
0: I think Bo's been in midseason form since uh, January, yeah. His at-bats have evolved so much over the the last couple years, really. Um, We saw September last year and kind of picking up where he left off, but... Having a good idea of what he wants to do and then staying, kind of shrinking the strike zone a little bit and not missing mistake pitches. He's um, he's really special. And when he's doing that, you know, that's kind of the result you get.
1: Kevin, it's interesting because Bo spoke to David Singh of Sportsnet
0: yesterday and,
1: and made a point about how, to paraphrase him, essentially he has a more fulsome idea now of who he is as a hitter which I find interesting cuz this is the dude that's got a that's had a bazillion hits through the first two years and my argument is if you didn't know what you were as a hitter and you put up those those types of numbers over those two years Kevin what could what could a Bo Bichette season look like if he really you know it, he says I know what I am now and and I think we've talked about this I think he also is really happy and really comfortable with this contractual situation I think that's 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 helped that's helped immensely here.
0: Oh, no question. Thirty-three and a half million is going to make anybody happy, right? And, and he just wanted to feel wanted. I know that. That topic has been thrown around a little bit in the conversations that, I have, that I've had with people around him. So he's happy. He just wanted to feel wanted. He wanted to feel like the Blue Jays as an organization wanted him here and wanted him to feel a part of what they're trying to do. And what better way to do that, Jeff, than to make the wallet a little bit fatter? I mean, let's not lie about it. That's what it's all sure about. It is. is It's your job. Absolutely. You, uh, the only way you want to feel, that's any job, anybody's job that they ever have. You want a, your wallet to be bigger. That's how People tell you what they think of you, and for them to go out and give him what they gave him is a big deal. He doesn't think about that. That's not even a topic of conversation, which is a big deal. I just like what John said about shrinking the zone. Mm-hmm. And you asked me what what I think Bo can be, and it is three hundred thirty and a hundred. I, I do think that is now him hitting second going to be tougher to get the hundred mm-hmm. now, a lot of that depends on what kiermeyer and a and a plethora of other guys do at the bottom of the order getting on for him we think we sort of know what george is going to be if george is healthy but it's just how many chances will bo get driving in runs hitting second right it is Sort of every guy has their role, and it's a trickle-down effect. And you're trying to get everybody on for Vladdy. I I think that's the ultimate goal here is because Vladdy's happier hitting third than he is hitting second. And I've tried to do this, and every hitter's tried to do this. You want your mechanics... To be so good, and I think what John said there was he's not missing mistakes. Mm -hmm. I tried for 16 years, Jeff, to do that. I went to every winter ball you can imagine trying to make my swing better, shorter and quicker to the baseball, repetitive so much that when I walked to the plate, I didn't have to think about it no more. That's what Bo looks like. Bo's first home run was a windblown homer. But why I said that, not a knock to that, because that wind's blowing right to left and The point is, is when he got it, you get it and you're supposed to hit it where it went. And he create backspin because the mechanics are there. He's balanced. He's in a happy place between the years, which is probably the most important part of it when you have as much talent as he does. And, oh, by the way, the two-strike approach seems to be like he's married to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the beginning of the year last year, it was he's searching. He's yep. all over the place. He don't know, what. do I use it? Do I not use it? You know, I'm in between. And when you're in between, what do you do, Jeff? You think about it. When you think about it, because of the way these guys can throw and attack your weaknesses—it's a hard thing to do—to go up and execute and be you. And I just think now, by shrinking, John nailed it. By shrinking the zone and not thinking you can do everything, will take his numbers to a whole different level. Because now you're instead of seeing him 0-1 because he chased a slider down and away or a sinker in off the plate, it's 1-0, and now that's party out front. <laughs> and that's what we all want to see from Bo. Charlie Montoyo
1: said at one point when he was here, and it's certainly not a unique perspective. Uh, but he said that when fully developed as a hitter, he could see Bo Bichette winning a batting title someday. Now, keeping in mind that with these rules changes and everything, it, it you know you may you may need to hit. Uh, Averages may be higher, which would theoretically mean that winning to win a batting title, you're probably going to have to hit for for a higher average than you have than you haven't in, in, in than we've seen in recent years. Could he be that good, or does he just not walk enough? Is he too um, too aggressive, aggressive to to be uh, somebody who is always 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 going to be challenging for a batting title?
0: Yeah, you don't want to. And
1: say you, you want can't him do to it. do that. Do you? Would you rather have three hundred thirty hundred than? Th-
0: you know, than a higher average and, and and less power. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. that. That that's a, I mean, 330 and 100. That's that's a heck of a season for a guy hitting the two hole who's playing shortstop, right? Yeah, that's that's a heck of a season. Can he win a batting title? Look, when I get home and we're on TV a little bit more, and I can show you, you know, what he does with his upper half and and how much he wraps the barrel. Uh, how much he leads with the back elbow instead. I, you, when I was taught, when I was a player a long time ago, uh, it was lead with the knob, lead with your bottom hand, right? And the barrel will fall. It, the barrel will be the last thing you see. Now, with these really good hitters, Mike Trout's one of these guys, you see it all the time, the slowing it down, what the way they lead with their back elbow and the barrel's the first thing you see. That That's a big deal, right? That keeps the barrel in it longer starting back behind your body and keeps it in longer, which is a big deal for these guys trying to use the whole field, trying to hit velocity, trying to cover a lot of the strike zone, which is what Bo's trying to do. Look, I I think because he has an elite two-strike approach, yeah, that gives him a better chance of winning a batting title. Do I think it's realistic? I Look, I, a lot of things would have to line up, right? George Springer would have to play 140 games, right? That, he'd be on base a lot more. You'd have to pitch the bow. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would have to stay healthy and be an MVP candidate. Like, some things around him would have to happen. Because if they don't, why would you pitch the bow? If you don't pitch the bow, it would be harder for him to have a higher average. So, I mean, you're talking about, Jeff, up in the 330, 340 range. I just... Kicking it to your ear and doing the things and the rapping and and the uh, as aggressive as he is all over the place. It's a lot to ask. That's why I said, "What's wrong with three hundred thirty and a mm. I take that five years, five or six years in a row. It's
1: kind of nice. At the World Baseball Classic, by the way, Canada was mercy ruled by the U.S. We'll be joined by Buck Martinez later on in the podcast to uh, to uh, to talk about talk about that. Talk a little bit about Mitch Bratt, the uh, 19-year-old.
0: It's been a while since I've felt sorry for a guy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm. I'm not even. You know, look, he's 19, and and you're pitching against uh, some of the elite hitters. Wow, did in the you world, see the, the, the total world.
1: the total of all-star nominations and MVP awards that he faced? Yeah. In that lineup, <laughs>
0: they're, pretty, yep, they're
1: pretty remarkable. They're
0: so, they're so good that when you got a kid on the ropes like that, you want to get frisky. You want to get big. And for that, that lineup to still let the ball travel and try and hit the ball the other way mm-hmm. just tells you the elite approaches that that lineup can have and the things they can do. There's a lot to ask a kid. Now, yesterday, you got tongues wagging a little bit yesterday because
1: you came on here. And uh, and a reminder, by the way, that the back leg line is open 416-413-3959. Leave a question or comment for Kevin Barker, or give him an assignment. We'll we'll deal with that at the end of the show. Kevin was given an assignment yesterday and has successfully completed it, continuing a remarkable run of of repertorial skill wow. that uh, has, has almost got me almost got me changing my mind about you. <laughs> um, almost not not entirely. Nate Pearson yesterday, and I said, you kind of raised some people's hackles yesterday because you came on Uh-oh. here. You came on here. You basically said the bullpen you saw last year is the bullpen you're going to see at the start of the year with the exception of Eric Swanson. Again, that's if everybody's healthy, which would mean that Nate Pearson wouldn't have a spot in the team coming out of spring training. Nate Pearson yesterday, one inning pitch, one strikeout, hit 100 again, was consistently 98 to 99. Uh, the only reason I'm mentioning this and it's a spring training game against a Red Sox lineup that you'll probably never see uh, mm-hmm. again. But the only reason I mentioned this is because before we came in the air, you unsolicited said to me, by the way, Nate Pearson yesterday, it looked really good. So I want you to expand on that. And, and maybe, are you ready? Are you all ready to, to pull back? Are you ready to pull back on your on your suggestion that Nate Pearson I, won't make I, this team.
0: Absolutely not. I, that, I, I don't think I was pretty close. as assertive about it uh, Yeah, you was were. the way you said it. I, I said I think they need predictability early in the season, and I, think, I said I think they, they would have to do things. They would have to release a guy. They would have to put a guy on a Phantom IL uh, like Mitch White, who is out of options for a guy like Nate Pearson to make the team uh so clearly not that, a plan a is what i'm saying though uh, well uh, look uh, i mean According you, you're to hearing you. ru- you're hearing rumblings of other uh, guys on, uh, in in camp uh, maybe making the team and that would almost tell you what they think of Nate pearson mm-hmm. again nate pearson is consistently at 98 to 100 that helps that that's that's not going to hurt. Have we seen him do that against guys who can lay off the slider? Uh, no. Have we seen uh, you know him throw three heaters to a fastball hitter that's a that's a real big leaguer? No. Do we need to see that? I don't know. For him to make a a team out of spring training, you might need to see that. I, again, this is I, I'm not real sure anymore the way we're supposed to look at Nate Pearson, right? He's not a prospect anymore. Uh, for me right now, today, he's not a big leaguer. So what is he? Like, that's the thing is, you have to, when you're making out these teams and you're a championship team, you have to ask yourself, coming out of spring training, what makes sense? And where would I use this guy compared to a guy that I take off the roster or I release That's what you have to ask yourself. I'm not saying that Nate Pearson won't be in the big leagues. I'm just saying that the word that I've gotten and the people that I've talked to, that it might be a little tougher road for him to, just because of who's already there, of making a team out of spring training. Now, I have talked to other people that have said, well, you need to find out what Nate Pearson is. And my answer to that was, we don't know already. Like, Hmm. What what do we not know about Nate Pearson? That's the thing here. I'm not downplaying who Nate Pearson is. I'm just saying that, for me, what we saw yesterday of he faced four batters, he threw three strike ones, he threw 14 pitches, he threw 10 strikes. He was consistently at 98 to 100. Uh, The fastball away was consistent for strikes. The fastball up was consistent for strikes. That for me, is what you need to see more from Nate Pearson. It's not see it once, next time you don't really know what you're going to get from him. That, for me, is the predictability part of it. Is And again, Jeff, I ask you, where would you use him? Yeah, You you're probably not used him early in the season the eighth inning. You ain't used him in the ninth inning. Or you used him in the seventh inning. You got a bunch of guys that you know what you're going to get in the seventh inning. So he's probably right now a sixth inning guy. So that's my point here is... I'm not saying that he has not gotten better at doing the things that we probably would like to have seen him do, which is being able to control throwing the slider. Oh, oh, just a little get-me-over. Saw that yesterday. Uh, doing it with two strikes. Sort of I got the little hard one, harder one where it tunnels longer. It's got later break. Looks like the heater, but I've established the heater. That's why I can throw it and I can get a few more swing and misses. So I don't want to downplay what you're seeing. Well, I'll, just from what I'm hearing, I'll it's going it, to be tougher for him to make the team out of spring training. That's I'll, all. I'll put it to you this way, though, Kevin. We we have
1: said that it's all about winning this year. We have said that Nate Pearson isn't I'm a pro- <clears throat> Nate Pearson isn't a prospect. Not for me. He's ready to go. I mean, so why not? If if Nate Pearson makes the team, and his only job, his only job is to come in in a situation where you need a strikeout, and you know, face the minimum
0: or whatever get you out of of an inning why not you think if you think he can do that if you think you can hand him the ball with a runner on second base and two outs facing i don't know somebody the the five hole hitter for the red Sox or the five hole hitter for the dodgers or the five somebody that's right-handed that you think he's good enough that mentally physically and the velocity on the fastball is good in there because of the location if the velocity added, if, if the velocity there, and the fastball is
1: there yeah why not I don't need him what if if Nate, Nate Pearson maybe he's never maybe he's just going to be a middle reliever maybe okay, that's then, all he's going to be in then, his career and
0: you have to get rid of a Richards a Simber, easy a decision Mitch white oh come on I don't really easy think decision. it's an easy decision for those oh. guys. I mean, maybe he's maybe he's making it a little tougher on them to make a decision because of the way consistently now we're seeing the velocity and the slider's gotten better because of the velocity, the location. Yeah. I told you this: the the fastball away and the fastball up is a big deal. He can't throw it right down the middle. We've seen that. It's not it's, so mechanically. He has to have it outer corners and elevated, and the misses have to be good for the slider to be good and, you know, rather really than have a third pitch. So, yeah, if you feel comfortable, okay. I mean, that's – I'm just saying, like, you're going to have to get rid of some things and you're going to have to warrant giving him the ball. Like you said, if you think you feel confident enough to hand him the ball yeah, with, I, a runner on, with a runner on second base and him running out of the pen – then that warrants getting rid of somebody else like uh you know again we talked about the rotation we talked about how Barrios looks uh you say kikuchi's been a nice surprise yeah, but, but they probably need some innings an inning guy coming out of that pen if Mitch white is healthy for me he's the guy yeah. well if you if you want to get rid and bring in pearson you're gonna to have to do something like you just you can't bring all of these guys there's 13 of them out well, of the pen so if-
1: I would suggest to you that if and I get I get your point about the starting rotation. I get your point, but let's be clear: if Mitch White makes a lot of starts for this team,
0: it's not, not good. starts. I'm it's saying not I'm, not, I'm saying I'm saying a Barrios start. He he looks like Barrios in that last start he had in then the you bring WBC. You got to bring somebody else. You of, bring then a you bring guy somebody in, else from Triple A up. I you're mean, trying really. not to destroy your pen is what you're trying bring to another, do early in the season. Bring another guy. You want
1: you want somebody okay. who's going to give you four innings. Bring bring somebody up from Triple A who can give you four innings. Like okay. I'm not giving I mean, Mitch White a spot I mean, in the roster for that. I mean, first of all, I, I need to see him pitch, but I mean, I'm not going to give him a spot in the roster for that.
0: With, Okay. It's, it's an interesting topic because of the way Nate Pearson has came here and thrown it with a little vinegar. Yeah. Now let's just say it like it is. He actually wants to give me the ball and I'm going to throw it because now all of a sudden I'm not turning around every single time I let it eat and it says 93, 94. Now it's 98 to a hundo. That helps too. 3 p.m. So I give you that.
1: All right, 3 p.m. today on Sportsnet. Canada takes on Colombia in Arizona as the World Baseball Classic continues. Canada was mercy ruled by the United Ooh. States yesterday, in what was a uh, well, it was a gruesome game. But I w- would can't say quite frankly. I can't say that I was completely stunned by the uh, by the outcome. Um, Buck Martinez has had the call of the WBC along with Rich Walls. Buck Martinez also managed in the inaugural WBC Team USA. And uh, Buck Martinez will join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts a reminder that tonight's game between the yankees and the jays is on sportsnet 590 the fan ben wagner will have the call first pitches at 6:35 p.m from tampa a ton of baseball across the sportsnet tv networks uh for the past couple of days and going forward as the world baseball classic has kicked into gear in Miami and uh, Arizona, in addition, overseas, uh, big game for Canada today at 3 p.m. I, I I would argue the biggest the biggest game of the tournament. Uh, Canada taking on Colombia. Canada uh, beating Great Britain 18-8 in its first game. Getting mercy ruled yesterday by the United States uh, in a game in which nineteen year old Mitch Pratt started and was unable to get out of the uh was, was unable to get out of the um the first inning. Jeff,
0: do you like the Mercy rule? Uh yeah,
1: I do. I like I I I like the way it's set up, absolutely. Um for a variety of reasons. I think you've you've put enough restrictions on the managers when it comes to handling pitching in this tournament as it is, which and I have no Good problem thing. with that. But you've yep. put enough restrictions on them that if you can save if you can save them having to use arms in the eighth or ninth innings of a blowout or seventh innings of a blowout, yeah, absolutely. I think what it does actually is it increases it increases the competitiveness for some of the teams with smaller rosters. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of it. Um, and, and you know, I, I, frankly, I'm there's there's a ton about this tournament I like. As I said, I'm always conflicted by it. I love the idea of the tournament. I think it's good for baseball. All that stuff. At the same time, though, I do kind of keep my fingers crossed about guys getting hurt. So far, knock on wood, that uh, doesn't appear to have happened. In fact, we saw saw a kid from Nicaragua get a contract with the Detroit Tigers yesterday after after an outing, which I think is pretty cool. I want to bring in Buck Martinez. He is our Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet. Doing a terrific job along with uh, Rich Walds at the uh, World Baseball Classic. Buck, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, joining us early after a uh, after a late night. Look, you managed Team USA in the first tournament, and I'm just wondering now that we've got a pretty good sample size of this year's tournament. Um, t- tell me, tell me what, tell me if you think this tournament has improved as much as a lot of us. Think it's improved.
2: Oh, I think it's improved dramatically, Jeff, uh, and it's great to be with you this morning. I, I think just because of the commitment of the players, when you look at the players that have committed, and, and you know, and there's no better example of that than Team USA. When Mike Trout jumped on board, everybody fell in line behind him, but you know, there are a lot of things about it that, that have improved. I think uh, the one thing that's been challenging, I think, for the, for the players for sure is how they have compacted the schedule. Mm. You know, they're playing two days, two games a day, and, you know, Canada's got a quick turnaround with this uh, 12 noon local game here, and I, I just think it's, uh, it's challenging, but at the same time, I understand why that's the case, because they don't want to keep their big league players away from their team so long.
0: Buck, how's the atmosphere been?
2: It's been like winter ball, it looks like,
0: uh, on TV anyway. Uh,
2: uh, you and I have both been uh, veterans of winter ball, and we understand yeah. what it's like. The other night when uh, when Mexico won that game against uh, USA, you walk outside the stadium, and it was like a soccer atmosphere. Literally, there were bands on the street, people chanting players' names, and uh, it was pretty pretty uh, – Uh, phenomenal. And I think, uh, you know, we might get that a little later on, too, and especially uh, tomorrow night when uh, Mexico plays Canada. So I I just think it's a great tournament. And uh, I think the people have responded very well. When you think of the crowd, we had nearly 30,000 last night for Canada, USA. And um, it's just been great. Uh, Mexico, USA, 47,000 people. I mean, the place was sold out.
1: You know, there was uh, the the coverage last night was terrific, and of course, the reference to the game you managed for the U.S. against Canada, and I and I loved the the shot of Adam Lowen. You know, and my God, it made me feel old when I saw Adam Lowen again getting 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 on the mound and and pitching in this WBC. But you know, you you made the point about a young pitcher uh, coming out and performing well. We saw. Look, we all know how you manage a tournament. We, Ernie Witt's managing this tournament without Nick Pavetta, without Jameson Tyone. At some point, he was going to have to use Mitch Bratt. He used him against the U.S. I, I just want to ask you about leaving aside the results for Mitch Brad because we all saw what they were. But you did a terrific job of just talking about how Bo Naylor and Ernie Witt were... We're, we're trying to handle this kid. You know, I love the shot of Bo going out there and, and smiling and just kind of patting him on the chest and Ernie coming out a couple of times. It's like everybody knew what was going on, and it was like everybody was trying to pitch in, Buck, just to get this kid back in the dugout in some form and keep body and soul together.
2: Yeah, I think that was the goal. They wanted to, you know, they were very, very hopeful that he could walk off the field with his team at the end of the inning. But, uh, you know, unfortunately that wasn't the case. And, you know, uh, Greg Hamilton, Denny Boucher, Ernie Witt, they are very, very aware of this uh, young man's future. And he, uh, they asked Texas, hey, are you guys all right if we start him against Team USA? Are you concerned about him? And, of course, Texas knows him very well. And in hearing his pregame Um, news conference. He was quite confident saying, you know what? I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to stay with my strengths and I'm not going to try to pitch to the weaknesses because there aren't many in that lineup. But uh, it was unfortunate he wasn't able to get out of it. But, you know, in the same vein, Cal Contra couldn't get out of the first inning either. Mm -hmm. And and I talked to Cal after his game. I talked to him yesterday and he says, man, I'm sorry for that performance. He said, I picked a heck of a time to be bad. And he couldn't get out of the first game. So, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you're 19 years old or if you're a 15-game winner in the big leagues. Uh, this is different. This is a different atmosphere. And uh, we've seen that with two dramatically different experienced players uh, in back-to-back games for Canada.
0: Buck, has there been a standout player for you that maybe you weren't paying attention to before that you've seen up close and you were like, man, this dude's pretty good?
2: Well, you know, Harry Ford, the young catcher for uh, Great Britain, he's the number one pick, uh, a good-looking catcher, got some power. He's hit a couple of home runs in this tournament. And and Jaden Rudd, I didn't even know Jaden Rudd. I was talking to uh, Drew Spencer, the manager of Great Britain, and I said, who is that kid out there on the workout day? I said, he's got a good arm and looks very athletic. Because he's in the Blue Jays system, I go. I've never heard of him before. And, um, you know, he's, he's 20 years old. He never left the uh, complex league the last two years. He's played two years in the complex league. But he's a good-looking young player, a very, very uh, athletic kid, a very humble kid. His, his father was a uh, F-15 pilot. Um, Rudd was born in the U.K., and a great story. But, you know, what? you look around and, and uh, you know, Joey Manessis of Mexico, uh, a guy that played 12 years in the minors and finally got his opportunity with the Nationals last year. And he came up and he just tore it up. He had 13 home runs in a very short time. And, uh, of course, we all know Randy Rosarino. It's, uh, it's like when the big lights flip on, so does Rosarena. And uh, he's had a great tournament. But, yeah, there have been several guys. Uh, the uh, Zuniga, the closer for Colombia, you know, he throws 102 and we're probably going to see him this afternoon. Uh, there are so many guys that uh, are in here, and you go, wow, this guy's pretty good. I've never heard of him, and he's never played affiliated baseball. So it's, it's a wonderful tournament. Uh, I just think it's done a great job of growing the sport around the world. And, and look at Czech Republic. They got a winner under their belt in their first tournament as well.
1: Yeah, and that, and that is the most important thing I think people need to realize. that. I, I, look, I think Major League Baseball, it, it's well aware of what this tournament is, and I think we're all well aware of, of uh, you know, of, of, you're probably not going to see five or six players from Great Britain drafted next year or the year after that. But you know what, Buck, I was thinking about this. If you told me that, that you'd have guys being, being plucked out of the Netherlands, uh, and, and, and being classified as prospects. You look at a guy like Sam Roberts, if you'd told me that 12 years ago, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed you either. I would have said, yeah, yeah, what? Hey, Bert Blylevin's the only guy that's ever going ever gonna to come out of there and, and be a major leaguer. So you never know, and that's why I thought the Great Britain story is just so much fun. And I don't know if I've watched a game where I've been in the edge of my seat with infield throws before. Like I was yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sitting at home watching it, Buck, and I'm I'm sure you're the same in the press box. And my wife's with me, i kind of watching it too. And we're like living and dying with 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 every ball hit to the Great Britain infield, just because of just because
2: of what was happening. Yeah, you and Drew Spencer yeah. are experiencing the same reactions because there's a ground ball. This short, a routine ground ball. Now, is he going to make the play? And, and and Nick Ward made a heck of a catch in the ninth inning on a mm-hmm. low throw uh, to preserve another run. So, yeah, there's a lot of great things that are going on. And, you know, we've got a piece of video we're going to show during the game today. But there was an elementary school class in England that had a ceremony to introduce Sir Harry Ford, who was knighted after hitting a home run in this Southern, uh, probably a 10-, 12-year-old kid comes in with the purple robe and the crown and the sword, and they all stand up and bow to Sir Harry Ford, who has hit a home run. So, you know, the kids are even catching on in the U.K., so that's a real positive aspect of what's going on with this team. Buck, you, you've
0: seen all these teams or most of these teams up close, and I know you've been doing your homework. Is there one team that stands out to you that you think can win the whole thing?
2: Venezuela is kind of a surprise, having knocked off Dominican. And uh, you know, Puerto Rico is two and one in their pool too. And then Dominican, uh, I think they play Israel today, so it looks like they're going to go up two to one. But uh, you know, how about the, the Aussies? They've advanced to the second round. Um, Japan and Australia came out of Pool B, and Cuba and Italy. Cuba lost the first two games, and, and they've got big league players on their team for the first time. So you, you kind of think, well, they'll have an easy road, and they didn't. They lost the first two games and came back. Pool A finished two and two. All five teams, and uh, it was just a, the tiebreaker rules that uh, allowed Cuba and Italy to advance. So. I, I'm surprised the Netherlands was eliminated. Um, Panama had a couple of good games. Uh, but uh, I, I just think it's a wonderful tournament. Uh, you know, Puerto Rico is still alive. I think we all expected Venezuela and the Dominican Republic to advance. And, but Puerto Rico is hanging in there. So, yeah, it's, it's a great tournament. I love it. And I think tonight, um, you know, Mexico is coming back again, and they need to win a game. But if uh, somehow – Canada can beat Columbia today, which I think is very possible. I mean, there's a prospects of three teams being 2-1 and one after
1: the Uh Last question before we let, we let you run, Buck. I did want to ask you about Jose Barrios' start. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but uh, look, I, Kevin and I talked about this. I thought the WBC would be great for Barrios. You know, he's he'd been working on stuff, and here's a chance to, boy, to kind of ratchet the intensity level with a big crowd, et cetera, et cetera. It didn't go all that well. Should we read anything into that at all about Jose Barrios?
2: No, I wouldn't, Jim. You know, like I mentioned, Cal Quantrill won 15 games last year, and he couldn't get out of the first thing. So Mm -hmm. this is a different animal. I mean, uh, you know, everybody wants to play well for their country, and everybody wants to do everything. I mean, look, it took Mike Trout three games before he finally relaxed and had a big at-bat. So, uh, yeah, you know what? Barrios is a big question mark, no question about it. He's got to turn things around, and uh, you know, hopefully he will uh, do the same as Kikuchi because you say he's been terrific in spring training, and hopefully he can carry that into the regular season. But I'm sure Barrios will be anxious to get back with the Blue Jays at some point and get back on the right track.
1: Buck, we appreciate your time. You've been very yep. generous with it. Thanks so much. Really enjoying your work, and we look forward to it uh, throughout the tournament. Thanks, my friend. Be well. Travel safely.
2: Thanks, Buck. All right, good to be with you guys. You betcha.
1: All right, it's Buck Martinez, Blue Jays uh, Sportsnet Blue Jays analyst, and they, I'm, they're having a lot of fun. Uh, the the the, the yeah. telecast, the broadcast have been fun, uh, and, and like I said, you know, look, like I, 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 the idea is to grow the game around the world. The idea is to plant a few seeds, and uh, you know, who, who, you're you're not. Great Britain's win, as I said, probably you're, you're probably not going to see a bunch of people who are playing cricket suddenly stop playing cricket and start taking up baseball. But who the hell knows what happens in five years? I don't, I don't know. Maybe one of those kids in that class turns out to be an athlete. And uh, we know now that Major League yeah. Baseball has got, there is a European development pipeline that exists. And uh, why? who knows, Kev? I, who knows yeah. where it goes? I think it's I, I,
0: it's great. I hope. I hope people that are watching this can, can take away from it. That baseball can be fun. I, I, I think we've lost a little bit of that. At least, you know, a fan mm-hmm. base that have have tried to get into baseball and it's just hard, right? It, it's, it's, it's long, it's monotonous. And now I think you're seeing it with all these countries and how much fun they have and how much they f- fun they have when they do something well. And when they win and your baseball can be fun and maybe that'll, that'll get more fans tuning in and, and that's all you want. You yeah. want, you want, that's, that's why they've made rule changes to baseball. And obviously they don't apply in, in this, but you just see how much fun all of these countries are having playing baseball. And it's, it's, it's just awesome to watch. I Buck mentioned it, that we were, you know, veterans of winter ball and, and how much winter ball that I'd played. And I know Buck has played some winter ball. It, it is a, a ton lot of fun. Everybody so played much. a ton of winter ball back then. Everybody Absolutely, did. It was just part of it. Like it's put something that you did that you felt like you were supposed to do. And yeah, because you had fun doing it and baseball was fun. And I think we'd lost that the last couple of years and hopefully this brings it back. All right. We,
1: uh, we had an assignment for you yesterday. Uh, Jeff and Kelowna asked you to go out and check into Kevin Biggio's situation uh, and see what was up with, uh, with Kevin. So I know that you were able to do that yesterday. Give us a, uh, Give Jeff from Kelowna a little bit of uh, insight, Kevin, yeah. and the yeah, rest well, of us.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff, it was a great question by Jeff, and, and thanks for listening on the call. A rare good question from uh, someone named Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. It's rare, but occasionally you'll get it. Uh, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty long conversation with, with Kevin, and the first thing out, out of his mouth was that I had noticed – is how, what he's trying to do defensively just to get on the field. That was the very first thing when I was, when I started the conversation with him, uh, obviously of how you doing and how's it going? And the first, first thing out of his mouth was, I'll play anywhere on the field to be on the field. And that was the very first thing. So I think he's taking the mental approach of, I have to get on the field first. If I have to play left, if I have to play third, if I have to play second, if I have to play right, if I have to play first base, if I have to play second, if I have to play center, I will play it so I can get on the field and show them that I'm a good player and I deserve to be on the team. And then I started talking to him about some obvious changes that he'd made offensively. Obviously, we know just by optics that he's eliminated the leg kick. Now it's just I lift the leg a little and I go, I make a positive move towards the baseball. He's quieted down his hands. I, it's still a little fast, but if you've noticed in his swing – you know, it's it's a little. He's a little quicker to the slow down part, right? It was I'm gonna go as quick as I can go with my hands until I make my positive move towards the baseball. Now it's I'm quick and I slow it down so I can get the feel of where my hands are going to go, and I can feel the barrel a little bit better, which is the ultimate goal there, because he is a a guy that likes to drop the back elbow and get the the barrel in the hitting zone, and he's not bent over at the waist as much which levels out his swing more, which gives him a chance to hit velocity better. All right. Enough. There you go. No, that's very
1: good. We've got another assignment for you. And again, the uh, Barker, the back leg line is 416-413-3959. You can leave us a voice note after the show whenever you want. You can leave us a voice note tomorrow morning. If we like it, we'll get to it. We'll use it, Mr. Barker. Your assignment today. Mark Boffo, play the clip. Hey, gentlemen, uh, Taylor here from Kitchener. Uh, I got a question for uh, maybe both of you. I don't know if you can comment on it or uh, maybe Barker. This could turn into a little bit of an assignment. Um, in your mind and, and what you've seen so far in spring training, who is the Toronto Blue Jays' everyday second baseman? Personally, I want to see Whit Merrifield out there. I mean, two-hit Whit, he didn't get his name by accident but uh you know Santi espinal obviously uh had a great year last year great first half um can he repeat i know he's looked good so far in the spring so i'm just curious uh, to hear your uh, your take on that all right there you go kevin that is your assignment from uh, taylor and kitchener uh dig around a bit on who is the jays everyday second baseman and uh you know, and, and let's face it, what I mean, I think both it, it looks like it's Whit Merrifield. What does it mean for Santiago Espinal? Because I'm sure, like Kevin Biggio, he just wants to be out in the field. Can you have two guys who want to play every any position at any point in time?
0: Yeah, it's just me. I think what they saw from from uh, Espinal last year of trying to play every day, it's going to be tough for him. Yeah. Just an everyday thing. There's a lot goes into that physically and mentally. So I just don't see that happening now. Him coming off the bench and playing and being a defender and you giving him a start occasionally, maybe a third, maybe a second. That's going to take place. But I'll do some digging. I've already done some digging. But alrighty, Yeah.
1: Continue to dig, Mr. Barker. At least it's not snow. Yeah, you guys enjoy that in Toronto. Yeah, it's not. Spring is coming. Trust me. Uh, Thank you for this, Kevin. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And thank you for joining us on Blair & Barker. A reminder to rate and review wherever you, uh, if you're listening to us via podcast. We'll be back tomorrow from uh, 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and Sportsnet 360. For Lance, Jen, Mark, and Connor, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us.